I was attuned that way to a bigger experience. And guess what? That followed me into recovery. Now, my teacher, Guru Prem, he told me from the beginning, you're going to need to become thrilled by the subtle. These were his words. You need to become thrilled by the subtle. And he said, you're, you're, in, you're looking for impactful experiences right now, very gross, physical, impactful experiences. You're not going to yoga class. You're going to hot yoga or you're going to three hot yoga classes and you're looking for, you know, something really powerful and there's not a lot of balance there, but that's the way you're attuned right now. So the solution for someone like me was to begin to tune myself to a different frequency. That meant I had to start to become thrilled by the subtle. I was going to need to engage in certain kinds of yogic practices which address specifically, exactly, and precisely this reattunement of the nervous system. And meditation was going to be a very big piece of this. Welcome to the In the Circle podcast. I'm Tommy Rosen. Yep, it's another epic day on the path of discovery in recovery. Today, we've got James with us in the circle, asking a question that every single one of us can relate to. Why do I engage in things that I know will hurt me? This is an honest inquiry into the human condition. It is hard to be human sometimes, really hard. And to deal with that hardship, we often fall into patterns of behavior that at first seem to work, but later, not so much. I define addiction as any behavior you continue despite the fact that it brings negative consequences into your life. Any behavior. How do we break out of these unhelpful patterns and find a way forward? Now, this inquiry leads us into one of my favorite topics. How can we change the patterning of our nervous system so that we can transform from where we are to where we want to be? Reattuning with our body's natural intelligence and finding the joy in everyday experiences is a part of the answer here. And so much more is coming in this episode. Before diving in, here's an important message from Recovery 2.0. Hi, Tommy. Uh, it's a huge opportunity to be here. So thank you for thank, the invitation. Thank you, James. Um, so I, my question sort of, my question kind of has evolved a little bit because um, I'll kind of, uh, I'll ask the original question and then kind of journey through a little bit. And um, so anyway, I, I just took a little background. I've been in recovery for um, 15 years and, um, you know, I, I had that spiritual experience that totally changed my life and um, allowed me to continue to live physically um, and also um, reconnect and deepen uh, my spiritual life. So that's kind of, that's where I'm at right now. And um, so I'll, I'll get to my question. And um, here's the original question. So what is it about me that most things I'm drawn to want to kill me or drastically endanger my health? And then the question underlying that was, well, what part of me is broken? And um, so I brought it, you know, as we do, uh, I brought it to my mat. Um, I brought it to my meditation practice. And um, so that kind of moth to the flame idea, um, you know, recently someone was sharing and, and I didn't even realize, but I, I was, my first addiction, I think was religion. 
um, when I was a child, uh, up all the way up until 19. And then, of course, you know, pendulum swung right into alcohol and drugs. And so in sobriety, um, you know, today I don't want to drink. I don't want to drug. Um, but I do want to escape in different ways. And, uh, you know, adulting is hard. And, um, you know, so I've, over the years, I've let go of smoking and um, gambling is kind of under control. And tech is now out of control. And, um, you know, uh, keeping my sex life in balance. That's, that's a huge challenge. Um, so there's that. Um, so here I'm coming to the kind of the, uh, where I'd invite your, um, your, your, your sharing on it is, is, I mean, I'm a human being. I, I don't feel that, I think the word broken isn't really, doesn't really sit well with me, but I have been listening, um, to someone I really respect and, uh, they talk a lot about, uh, trauma and, and you also mentioned that word a lot too. And, and I feel that there's, there's, there's something actually my experience, excuse me, through, um, you know, inventories, um, really kind of beginner ones when I first went through the round of steps, you know, step four and then deeper inquiries. Um, but there seems to be some, something within me, um, and I don't even know how to word it. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, you know what, I, I'll probably be spinning around the same thing. So I'll just leave that with you at your feet and, and see where you go. Thanks. I, I love it, James. Thank you. So I'm going to, I'm going to approach this question, uh, from multiple, uh, viewpoints. And I'm, I'm going to say that the question is number one, um, am I broken? Uh, number two, uh, why, why am I like a moth to the flame? Why do I engage in things that are difficult for me, uh, or that are going to lead to potentially to destruction or hurt, hurt me in some way? Um, yeah. And, and how do I find peace in the now with what is, um, seems to be a part of this inquiry. Is that fair? Okay. All right. We're in these bodies, these incredible bodies, five senses at least, but definitely five. We see things, taste, touch, smell. Wow. Here. I've had these feelings listening to live music. Some of, some of, some people know that I'm a, I'm an unrepentant deadhead. Love the Grateful Dead. But I've listened to a lot of live music across many genres, a lot of live music. I just love it. The, the sense of hearing has triggered in my physical body a, a kind of ecstasy, bliss, joy, freedom, transcendence that I, I, I can't put into words other than to just simply say that. How could you not want more of that? My eyes have seen things from natural beauty Everything this planet has to show, you know, oceans and sunrises, um, the plants, the animals, the extraordinary range of things, the totally unique colors and rainbows and humans, human beings and such beauty and, and art and to see the expression, the creative expression of human beings and it's thrilled me beyond what I can express. The sense of, of touch, to be touched, to touch another, um, or to, to touch the earth, to put my hands in soil or in sand or the forest, to, to pick up brown roasted pine needles off of a pine forest. 
and that have been roasted in the hot summer sun and to smell that pine forest smell and, and to touch that and to touch the body of a lover and to be thrilled in that way, ecstatic, blissful, joyful. How could you not want more of that? Taste. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The joy, the unbelievable joy of food. I'm a foodie. I can struggle and I can get out of balance with food. I need to be, I need to pay attention. It's that's for real. And I enjoy food. I'm, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to enjoy food and for food to nourish and energize this body and this brain so that I can experience this world. Pizza. Oh my God. Who, what only God could create something like that. The raspberry. How about the raspberry, okay? How about the mango? How about chard, celery, cucumber, carrots, mushrooms? Oh, my God. I mean, a crispy Fuji apple. I, I, I'm, I'm on this theme of gelato because I just got back from Italy, but gelato on the streets of Rome on a hot summer day. Listen, who wouldn't want more of that. So the idea of wanting more, whether that's food or sex or touch or something to look at or hear more of the experience, we're in these bodies for experience. So let's not demonize that in any way, shape or form. Let's understand it. And let's understand ourselves as people that might take this a little far in some ways and might <laughs> get off balance. It's a good thing to know about yourself. So we create these balances in life. You know, I'm able to eat the way I eat because I exercise and I move this body. If I didn't, I would really sincerely be in trouble. But that, that experience of working out and sweating, also incredibly joyful for me. I'm working with the inner chemistry. And so this is going to be one of the places I wanna focus in the exploration of your inquiry. I'm in a chemical reality as much as I'm in any reality. My, the hormonal system of this body, the endocrine system, which, which is really all about the hormones and the chemicals in this body, I'm working on tapping into that thing. That thing works with the nervous system. If my nervous system is out of whack, my endocrine system is out of whack, and it seeks to try to bring balance to the whole system. If my endocrine system is out of whack, my nervous system is out of whack, and those two systems work together to try to create a balance in the system. Recovery for me is a recovery of the healthy functioning of the endocrine system and nervous system because I understand that I'm in, I'm in a chemical reality. The food that I eat is going to influence my emotions, my thoughts, and my actions, period. Anybody on a path of recovery, if you haven't gotten this message, please listen loud and clear. If you're on a path of recovery from any addiction, one place you're going to want to look and explore is your relationship with food. And I will, I will say uh, that we have an incredible program in October every year called the Food Reset, and everybody should check that out and see what we're doing and look into that. My effort in my appetites uh, for all these wonderful things, which taken too far can create problem for me and problem for others. 
um, my effort is to cut out the things which are dangerous, to begin to move into a more and more subtle form of detoxification. What I mean by that is, let's say I'm an alcoholic and I'm in active addiction. Okay, so I'm drinking a lot of alcohol. The first detoxification is let go of alcohol. Okay, so I, I know that that's sort of the prerequisite. I can't get anywhere else if I don't do that first. So I become abstinent. I, I stop drinking alcohol. The next detoxification might be the fact that I noticed that because I stopped drinking alcohol, it has really set my blood sugar level into an imbalanced state because alcohol used to be where I got a lot of sugar from. All of a sudden, I'm not getting sugar from there anymore. And so there's an imbalance, and, it, and it's, it's affecting the way I feel. It's creating a, a, an artificial, well, a very real, but an unnecessary uh, sense of craving. I, I truly believe that some people are having a sugar craving when they come off alcohol and it causes them to relapse back into alcohol because they don't know what's happening. I'm quite sure that that's happened for some people. Other people start pounding a lot of really unhealthy sugar-filled foods to make up for that difference. And how we haven't ex explored this on a mass level and understand that if you're giving up alcohol, somebody needs to tell you that you're going to have to address blood sugar level. It's very important for your early recovery. And there's many ways to do that. But what's relevant here for, for you in this inquiry and for all of us is that we're working with the endocrine system. So we need to create a balance in that system. And I truly believe that part of that system and the nervous system operating together and operating correctly, the right chemicals in the body delivered to the right places in the right amounts at the right times. And, and that means you feel good. Now, from a nervous system level, now, now follow me here, you may be attuned to certain kinds of experiences in your nervous system that you're used to, which are, let's say, impactful. So the sexual act is, is really impactful. That's a, like that, that's a nuclear, that's a big, big thing. That's not a small thing. Um, and that's part of the reason that we are still on the planet, because we procreate. And we're driven to want to have sex um, without, with very few exceptions. So that experience or like, you know, for people who are on drugs, you know, very big, big, big experiences, the, all these experiences of, of methamphetamine, cocaine, uh, the opiates, these are huge, huge ex impacts upon your nervous system. When we get sober and we let go of those very impactful things, we pick up other impactful things like espresso, like seven espressos for example, for breakfast, or we pick up, you know, stimulating foods or sedating foods. And we find if we really look and we're honest, we find, oh, we're eating for stimulation, not for energy, but to stimulate ourselves to get high or we're eating for sedation. Now, now, now follow me here. Some people are going after skydiving or, um, the, uh, the, the strip club or Las Vegas and these very big sort of events. And I'm not saying that this is you, but in early recovery, I see a lot of guys and girls, women doing this. So what are we doing? We're going after impact because our nervous system is attuned to those kinds of big impacts. We're used to it. It's it's kind of like why I used to smoke when I smoke cigarettes. People would be like, oh, I, 
have you considered smoking uh, Marlboro, Marlboro Lights? And I'd be like, well, I'm not going to smoke light anything because I want to feel it. I want to, I want the impact. You know, I want to, I, I want to know if I'm going to smoke cigarettes, I'm going to really smoke cigarettes. You know what I mean? And that was how I was. I was attuned that way to a bigger experience. And guess what? That followed me into recovery. Now, my teacher, Guru Prem, he told me from the beginning, you're going to need to become thrilled by the subtle. These were his words. You need to become thrilled by the subtle. And he said, you're, you're, in, you're looking for impactful experiences right now, very gross, physical, impactful experiences. You're not going to yoga class. You're going to hot yoga or you're going to three hot yoga classes and you're looking for, you know, something really powerful and there's not a lot of balance there, but that's the way you're attuned right now. So the solution for someone like me was to begin to tune myself to a different frequency. That meant I had to start to become thrilled by the subtle. I was going to need to engage in certain kinds of yogic practices which address specifically, exactly, and precisely this reattunement of the nervous system. And meditation was going to be a very big piece of this. For someone like me who was attuned to the big impact experiences, to do the work that I'm suggesting that you and anyone actually do, because we all want to move from the gross to the subtle. We want to have a more uh, a visceral and subtle, deep experience of being alive in the miracle. We don't want to depend upon these epic experiences all the time for our excitement, which isn't contentment. That's just visiting excitement. And normally when I would visit excitement, guess what would happen? I'm going to, I'm going to visit depression a day later because I've gone too high and now I'm going to need to go low. Actually, what I wanted was contentment, but contentment for someone like me in the early days would have been painful because I wasn't attuned to it yet. So we're really talking about, we're getting right down into the nitty gritty of understanding the systems of the body, the way they interact with chemistry and the mind connected to this. I haven't gone into the mental aspect of this, but this is all about a calming of the nervous system, a reattunement out of the frequency of addiction, the frequency of impact, the frequency of intensity, moving towards the frequency of the subtle, the frequency of healing, the frequency of rejuvenation, the frequency of connection, the frequency of love, joy, kindness, and ultimately your baseline becomes contentment. So you can visit excitement, but then you return to contentment. Contentment meaning I'm living in the miracle of existence itself. I'm contented. I get to visit these exciting places because I like that. That's my personality. That's, it's joyful for me. But when I visit those places, I can return to baseline contentment now. And I'm not needing uh, to constantly go there for enjoyment of life because I'm just simply enjoying life. I'm just in the enjoyment of life. This reattunement for me was, uh, it, took, it took work. For me, it happened in, guess, guess what? For me, it happened this reattunement from Im intense experiences to more subtle experiences happened intensely. Meaning, I learned and I changed my nervous system through immersive yogic kriyas and experiences. I would immerse myself for weeks at a time. 
much more the immersion because for someone like me and maybe for someone like you, I'm really good in immersive settings. If you said to me, do five minutes a day for six years, I'm like, ah, no, no, <laughs> please, no. But if you said do five hours a day for six days, yes, I can do that. I will do that. And it worked for me. It worked for me in a way that my personality can understand. And so all of this is simply to say, I know you have a yoga practice. I know that you've been sober a while now, and I know that you're working diligently on all of this stuff. And this is all just simply to say, please keep going and keep going with a mind for reattuning the nervous system in particular and consciously start to look for the joy in subtle experiences consciously visualization and intention count for everything. So begin to sort of, you know, create these opportunities for yourself to practice being present and comfortable without some major thing happening in the external. That's what Guru Prem meant when he said, Tommy, you're going to have to become um, thrilled by the subtle so that I can sit in meditation and, and be a part of that miracle of consciousness itself, the miracle of existence itself, and be thrilled by that without uh, you know, some kind of rocket going off or a bell or a whistle that indicates that I'm alive. No, I'm alive in the subtle. I'm right here and I'm right now and it's working and it's an attunement. It's a practice. And so be patient with yourself. It was painstaking for me at the beginning because I had to go through my own resistance as I'm starting to attune myself to another energy. I'm starting to change my chemistry. Uh, finally, the, the last thing I wanted to say on this inquiry right now before hearing back from you is that so many people who are not experiencing addiction but are using drugs or they don't feel like they're experiencing addiction and they're using drugs or whatever their experience is, is that they're not like, oh God, I need to stop this. But they're just in the using of drugs and, and it's something that they're enjoying. And, and it's, so what I want to say is, Yes, these experiences can be enjoyable on a certain frequency, on a certain level. But make no mistake about it. If you're smoking pot, if you're drinking alcohol, if you're taking pills, coke, meth, heroin, any of the opiates, you're tinkering with the natural workings of the endocrine system. And someday, every day, you're going to want to bring that into balance. Someday, you may desire to bring that into balance naturally and allow the system to return itself to its own natural intelligence. And the more you do drugs and the more you do alcohol, whether you're an addict or not, makes no difference to the molecules in your body. They recognize that they're being influenced by chemicals from the outside. So, and this is of course true for food as well. So we wanna be super mindful of the foods that we eat, super mindful of what's going into the system. And it's very important that people understand this, this endocrine system and nervous system piece is no joke. Uh, it has an intelligence. We want to get out of the way of this intelligence and let it do what it does best. So that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's my you know, soapbox pitch for people paying very close attention to what they put in their body at all levels. So James, tell me, what comes up for you here? Are we still friends, first of all?
Are we are we still? <laughs> we'll always be friends, Tommy. Okay. Uh, thank you, thank you for um, for sharing that. I um, I was struck by a few things, and and one of them actually is uh, very simple. And while I was listening to you, I could um, I, I really focused on my breathing, so that I could be fully right here, and um, and that's a really enjoyable feeling, you know to to actually be present with my breathing so that I can be present with you right here, right now. Mm. So that in itself was, um, uh, you know, a reminder, like it's, uh, it's pretty subtle and I can still be thrilled by something that's very simple. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it also, it just kind of made me think um, of uh, how I move through my life. You know, I, I came to this beautiful cove in in uh doesn't really it's on it's on the atlantic and uh and i came here and, and instead of just enjoying the simple beauty of it you know I, I have to build and buy and 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 just really recreate the craziness of what i left and it was it's just really interesting so i can um while i can still build and i can still buy i can do it with awareness and not to um yeah not to escape right now um, it's just, it's, it's amazing. The longer I'm sober and, and the more I continue and deepen my practice, um, kind of the words you use, everything becomes more and more subtle. Mm. And, um, and there's a hidden resistance that comes up sometimes that I didn't think was still there. And, and that's really interesting to, to observe. So, yeah, thank mm. you. With regard, thank you, James, so much for this inquiry. I'll just say that that hidden resistance seems to be ubiquitous in everybody's experience. And we simultaneously want to evolve, we want to grow, we want to advance forward, and we simultaneously are in our own way. And we resist that very change that we're seeking. So this does seem to be part of the human condition and our training teaches us to blow through that resistance and see what's on the other side of it. And so let's keep going. Wrapping up this episode with a big thanks to James for his awesome inquiry, which is universally understood. The holistic approach to recovery, which addresses the whole human being at the level of mind, body, and spirit is where it is at, in my opinion. We absolutely have to treat this thing called addiction at all the levels that it afflicts us with. It afflicts us in the mind, in the body, in the spirit. Our response to addiction has to be at the level of mind and body and spirit as well. Before we end this episode, I'd like to extend an invitation for you to come join us in our incredible Recovery 2.0 membership as my guest for the next week. You will find so much waiting for you there. A community of support, teachings to inspire, and a path to walk. Check us out at r20.com forward slash welcome. That's r20.com forward slash welcome. I look very forward to sitting with you in the circle next week. Until then, stay on your recovery path. Ask for help when you need it. And never despair. There's a way through every block.